Hi and welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. This is episode number seven. Um, we're yeah seven episodes into the ten episodes I promised myself I would do in this little experiment. So today I'm just going to be talking by myself. There's I'm not interviewing anyone today because I wanted to share with you all what happened recently and it was such a great learning experience for me. I just, yeah, I just really wanted to talk in a little bit more depth about what actually happened and record, 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 yeah, before I forget um, the amazingness of it all. So um, the story starts actually 25 years ago when my um, when I first started studying Japanese in New Zealand and I was 13 and um, our high school got a Japanese teacher <clears throat> who was a Japanese man who came from Japan to this little rural high school and junior high school sort of all mixed together um, to teach Japanese to a class of students who didn't even have a textbook basically. So somehow I ended up in the um, accelerated class for uh, this Japanese class. And I really just loved Japanese. I I loved how it was a secret little language and how these little symbols I could write, I could communicate with someone and my parents couldn't understand what it meant. Um, it was a lot of fun. So fast forward through to university. Um, my Japanese teacher from that time really instilled, oh, sorry, from the time in high school, really instilled this sort of sense of fun about learning Japanese. And when I got to university, that was sort of gone. But I kept on <laughs> studying Japanese, and um, but I still had never, ever been to Japan. And I really struggled with learning Japanese when I got to university because I just couldn't understand the context of what we were learning. And it was really hard for me to keep up with other kids in the class who probably 90% of them had been in Japan for at least, you know, a month, at least once, you know. So I failed that class and that was sort of the, my first failure ever of, you know, not passing a course or not passing something. And it really got to me. So <laughs> after I graduated, um, not with a major in Japanese, unfortunately, um, I decided I would come to Japan and by myself. So I got a job with one of the major English conversation schools and I was sent to this part of Fukushima by the school. And when I got here, um, it wasn't long before a certain person ended up in one of my classes um, and he was a little bit younger and better looking than most of the students at the school. And um, so I did notice him. And uh, when he left the, the school not long after I started working there, he gave me his, his business card and he said, you know, if you're ever at a loss or, you know, struggling, you know, just give me a call or something, I can help you. Or if you would like to do language exchange, you know, perhaps we can get together sometime. <clears throat> So I was really thrilled and um, so excited that I took this business card and I went into the teacher's room and I said, hey guys, look what I got. And two other male teachers turned around and said, oh, we got one too. And I thought, oh, he doesn't like me <laughs> um, anything more than as just a friend. But anyway, 
Um, that person is now my husband and has been my husband for um, nearly 14 years, coming up next week actually. Um, so by the time this goes to air, yeah, we would have been married officially 14 years. And um, so yeah, it was very, and my husband is not actually from this part of Japan. So the fact that we both ended up living here and yeah, came to meet each other is quite a sort of, um, you know, a fate kind of thing. Um, that started out from me starting to learn Japanese when I was 13 years old. And um, so recently um, we decided that we really needed to find this Japanese teacher of mine. And we had looked around on the internet. Obviously I'd used Google and things, but I hadn't been able to find him. And when I was back in New Zealand recently, we got some extra information about where he might be from some people who used to know him back in the day, um, when, from that time when I was in high school. So with this new information, um, we decided that we would approach um, a TV show here in Japan that is um, one of my husband's most favorite TV shows. He's been watching it for the last 30 years. I think the show has been going for 35 years. I've been watching it since I came to Japan or since he introduced me to it. So I've had an education in this TV show. And it's a TV show that, that runs on submissions from the viewers. You know, I need help to do this. Help, I've washed my, um, my husband's sweatshirt and it's shrunk so small. Um, but it's his favorite sweatshirt. Please help me return it to normal. Um, so, you know, silly things like that right up to, you know, please help me find my long lost best friend or something like that. <clears throat> so we decided to write into the show and um, yeah, they they picked up our story very quickly and they were very interested in helping us find my Japanese teacher. And um, so it was kind of a whirlwind thing and that a few weeks you know, we were talking to the producers of the show and they were seeing if there was, you know, really a good story there that they could make a really nice sort of moving sort of thing out of. And yeah, like uh, within sort of two weeks, they said, yes, you need to keep this particular weekend free for filming. And then um, they said, yes, we're definitely going to go ahead and film it. And then like the day before we were supposed to film it, they're like, yes, here's your tickets. You're going um, so it was very sort of, in the end, it was very last minute. And they um, they flew us from Fukushima down to Kyoto. And we stayed in this lovely hotel and we had time to actually even look around Kyoto a bit before we started filming, which was very generous of them. And then, yeah, they picked us up in one of those um, TV film crew buses. With all the film crew, there was the cameraman and the sound man and... Um, the director and the assistant and then the actual um, host for the the segment who is a fairly well-known comedian here in Japan and um, yeah they they drove us to these locations and we did filming and we went into offices and talked to people who when we showed up with the, their TV cameras, they would pick up their phone and, and start calling and doing things for us, just, you know, and they were very excited to have this, um, to have us in their offices and things. And you're generally very helpful, you know, within the, the sort of laws that they were bound. Um, for example, the privacy law, they couldn't tell us things straight away without permission from certain people and things. But um, yeah, they were very helpful and excited to see us <laughs> and hear about what we were doing.
so it turned out that um, we we found out where my Japanese teacher actually is now and he's not in Kyoto um, that's where he went to university and his old university helped us find his father's phone number and we called him and he told us that his um, my Japanese teacher is actually living in Sapporo so we get back on this, um, it's called a Nokia bus, it's a location filming bus. Drive all the way out to the airport in Osaka, which is Itami Airport, and then, oh, we can't fly you direct to Sapporo today, you'll have to go via Tokyo. So we got on two planes, all of us, the camera crew, and <clears throat> my children and my husband and I are on flying across Japan. And yeah, when we got off the bus, I uh, got off the plane in Sapporo, there's another bus just waiting for us to pick us up. and. Um, got on that bus and that drove us to the place where my Japanese teacher lives yeah and this was just even just doing this part of you know this traveling from one end of Japan to the other and getting off the airplane and having someone waiting to pick you up to take you to the next location and having it all organized was just such a thrill um, my husband and I were just like wow what is this you know who who are we <laughs> doing this um not your average way to spend a weekend that's for sure so in the end uh, we've we made it to the house where my japanese teacher lives and i like i had no idea what had happened to him after he left our school like i didn't know if he was living alone with 10 cats or if he'd gotten married or anything and um so when we got there on the front door i could see that it said his name, a woman's name, and then three other names. So he obviously had some, had had a wife and three children. So I was really excited to know that he, in the meantime, had had a happy life. Because when he left um, my school, he said he was going to the Himalayas to write um, articles for his, uh, for Japanese newspapers and magazines. And so I just assumed that that's what he'd done. But apparently, not long after he left our school, he was traveling around New Zealand and he just happened to bump into the woman who would become his wife, another Japanese woman who happened to be um, hiking and camping in the, in the same area where he was in New Zealand. And so it was very much um, a fate kind of meeting for them as well. So yeah, <laughs> a really, really interesting story there. So yeah, when we got to the house, we he was not there. He was out walking his dog. So we went in and um, surprised him when he came back. And so I said to him, oh, you know, do you remember me? And he said, yes, oh, you're Jane. And so yeah, he remembered me straight off, thankfully. Um, and it was really lovely to see him and to to show him my, you know, to introduce my family to him and my two children and my husband and to say well thanks to you and thanks to you coming to my school and to being a great teacher and inspiring me to learn Japanese more I came to Japan and I met this wonderful husband that I have and I have I have these two really lovely little children so um, we wanted to come and, and say thank you for that and he was really moved and um so happy that we'd come to see him I was a little bit worried I thought maybe he might be a little bit horrified that I'd brought like a whole tv crew um, with me but yeah he was really thrilled so it was such an amazing experience to see him to see that he was happy and having a good life and to show him that you know thanks to his you know 
I guess 25 years ago, moving to New Zealand was not an easy thing to do. There was no Facebook or Skype then. Um, it was quite an adventurous sort of thing. And when doing that helped sort of change the trajectory, trajectory of my life as well. And so now I'm, yeah, now I'm in Japan living a really amazing life as well. So, um, so the, after that, we got back on our, on our bus and because there is only one flight from Sapporo to Fukushima every day and it was already eight o'clock at night, we'd missed the flight. So we had to stay another night in Sapporo and, um, thanks to the TV show that was all taken care of. And so the next day we woke up and well, actually when we got to the hotel that night, we were absolutely exhausted, but we were just on this major high from all the things we'd seen and done that day. And my husband said to me, thank you so much for this amazing opportunity um, that you know our life together has created. And I was like, wow, that's pretty deep. Um, but it, yeah, it's you just never know what's going to happen, do you? And we just could not imagine that... Um, yeah, me starting to learn Japanese 25 years ago back in my little hometown would sort of end up in having this amazing, what turned out to be a three-day epic adventure um, traveling across Japan with um, really wonderful, wonderful TV crew. They were so kind and to us. It was just amazing. So the next day when we woke up in Sapporo, it was a beautiful day, freezing cold, but beautiful day. And we had the day to explore the city a little bit before we headed back to Fukushima and reality. And I just have to say, Chitose Airport is like well worth a visit just on its own. There is so much amazing food there. So my advice would be, <clears throat> do not buy any food to actually eat. Just go to the souvenir section and just, just taste test your way around all the shops. There's just so much good stuff. Um, on offer of, to try to see if you actually want to buy it try before you buy yes um, we made the mistake of letting the kids have a giant but very delicious soft cream each which we totally didn't need to um, but anyway that aside there's it's just a really amazing airport like it would have to be the best one I've ever seen in the world potentially um, food wise things shopping wise things to do it's got a beautiful spa and sort of bath section up on the on the roof sort of area so if you need to freshen up before your flight you can do that as well yeah Sapporo is a really beautiful city and um, I would love to see it in um, in winter when there's lots of snow or when it's a little bit warmer when it's a bit more spring like there it would be a, an amazing place to go so yeah definitely want to head back to Hokkaido um, again sometime in the future so um, yeah we got back home after that three-day epic adventure and we were just sort of like blown away by all the things that had happened but basically what it all comes down to is the fact that we asked we were the ones who decided to write into the tv show and to say you know we'd like some help with this um we've tried to find our Jap my japanese teacher but it hasn't worked um and we'd really love to meet him face to face and by asking that we got yeah so that is just one example of the power of asking so um, I'm wondering what what you could ask for or you know what you could I mean sometimes we don't want to ask because we feel like we're um, 
imposing on someone or it's, it might be selfish or something, but you just never know uh, what you're asking might do or what might happen by asking. Yeah. So um, if you don't ask, you won't get basically. Yeah. <laughs> so after we came back, um, the producer of the show said, um, would you like to come to the live recording of the show? And that was happening in Osaka and they do it every two weeks. And they said, you know, we can get you some seats in the audience if you'd like to come down. And my husband said, oh, I really want to go. And I was like, yeah, I really want to go too. But, you know, we can't all go because, well, A, we've just all been and, the, and my daughter's had a day off school already and um, she's only been at school for two weeks. <laughs> and it's a lot of money for us all to go down and back again. So he, my husband was very, very generous and said, okay, well, why don't you just go? And because, you know, it's the main story is about you. So at least if you go, that'll be something, won't it? And I was like, yeah, okay, um, thank you. So um, last Thursday night, I got on the overnight bus and we went, I drove all, I went on the overnight bus from here in Fukushima all the way down to um, Osaka. It takes 11 hours on the bus, but I was asleep for a good portion of it, actually. And um, I met the lovely... Cat, hey cat, if you're listening, um, and we went to the TV show together, and so you get I got to sit in the front row, which was good, and um, I got to see all the famous comedians who were you know regulars on the show, and um, it was such an interesting experience to see how they actually make a TV show in the studio, and um, it was great to watch the episode. There were two episodes being filmed, so we watched the first episode wasn't us. And so we sort of, I was able to see, oh, this is how it works. And then they filmed the second episode and we were the first story. And um, they didn't tell me, but at the end of it, they swung the, cam they swung the camera around and said, oh, Jane's here in the audience. Um, and they got me to stand up and talk and things. And um, yeah, in front of the TV camera and the whole studio audience full of people. So they put me on the spot there, but they didn't tell me they were going to do that. Probably just as well, or I may have had a small heart attack while I was waiting for that to happen. Um, yeah, so it was another amazing experience, thankfully. Um, and yeah, after we left the studio, when they'd finished recording, um, we were standing outside and actually some people came up to me and said, oh, Jane, can we take your photo? They remembered me from the being in the show, so I felt like I was a sort of a, a minor celebrity there for a few minutes. It was a bit exciting. So I got home um, yesterday, another 11-hour overnight bus ride to get home. Oh, the glamour. But um, I was so exhausted, I actually slept most of the way. And when I got home, um, my husband said, yeah, so I'm kind of thinking, like, what's going to be... The next thing that we do, you know, that was now that the TV show thing sort of finished, um, what are we looking forward to now? And I said, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a hard act to follow that one. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> we're open. Hey, universe, we're open to suggestions over here. Um, but, yeah, after that, how do you top that? So um, kind of gave me a bit of an insight as to how um, famous people may sort of turn to things like, 
you know, drugs and things to keep the excitement going in their lives, you know, because it's quite addictive, this sort of thing, I think. I <laughs> definitely sort of felt, yes, I want more of that. So, hey, universe, um, that was so much fun. Thank you so much for that amazing opportunity. So, yes, extremely grateful for all of the great stuff that happened uh, over the last couple of weeks. And really looking forward to seeing what crazy things are coming our way in the future. So, yeah, so I just wanted to share that little story for uh, with you. And just to show you the power of asking, yeah. And you just never know. I mean, the, what's the worst that could have happened? The TV show could have said, oh, sorry, that, that sounds like a boring story. We're not going to have you on. Um, but in fact, they sort of like, okay, that sounds good. Let's do this. And <laughs> off we went. Um, so we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into, but yeah, it turned into a three day amazing adventure. And, um, yeah, so I hope that you will, um, if you're in Japan and you watch Japanese TV or watch it, the show is called Tante Night Scoop. And, um, it's actually a very popular show down in the Kansai area, but it's also shown in all parts of Japan and the episode is going to be um, aired on the 25th of May in Kansai 2018 so if you're in that area you can watch it um, soon yeah all right thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time